The Lord be with you and also with you. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hear from the Gospel according to St. Mark how our Lord Jesus entered Jerusalem. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Let us go forth in peace in the name of Christ. Amen. As we sing our hymns of praise, as we clutch our palms to raise, as we reckon the meaning of these days, we bless thee, dear God. From the nave of Marsh Chapel, we greet our radio congregation at WBUR 90.9 FM, and we welcome our internet congregation around the globe. Friends, as the Spirit so moves, join us here one Sunday at 735 Commonwealth Avenue. Marsh Chapel, Boston University, where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country. All glory, laud, and honor to thee, Redeemer King.
we pray. Almighty God, on this day your Son, Jesus Christ, entered the holy city of Jerusalem and was proclaimed king by those who spread their garments and palm branches along the way. Let those branches be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as our Lord and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me for the reading of Psalm chapter 31 verses 9 through 16 with the antiphon.
Be, bra- be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and body also. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. let us rise as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the singing of our hymn.
be seated. In these weeks of Lenten preparation, we have traveled with Jesus in the wilderness. Our winter of discontent well knows the condition of wilderness, the great desert of global terror, the forest of economic collapse, the badlands of political and international conflict, and the great sands of personal struggle. We have traveled in the wilderness and now come at this moment to the beginning of Holy Week. This has been a journey not without complaints. We have been along the road a long time and here, as so often is the case, we have learned in our own experience, in the experiment of the life of faith, something about how to grow in maturity and in love and in faithfulness. We have learned how to deal with division. We have learned how to deal with decision. We have learned how to deal with derision. And as has recently been the custom in this chapel, we pause come this Sunday to listen both for the Liturgy of the Palms and now to the Liturgy of the Passion. You will recognize both those listening by radio and internet from afar and those present in this beautiful nave that the service shifts at this moment and we are going to pause to hear and to sing. We receive, that is, we listen. Tis a gift to listen. And still seated through this passion narrative, we respond here and there, moment by moment, with the singing of hymns of this season. One of the great joys of ministry in Boston and at Boston University is the chance to form and be formed by the next generation of clergy. They are coming over the hill, and it's good to see and hear them. Today, through the direction of our chapel associate, Susan Forche, a quartet of her students, and she will bring you this set of familiar readings. As we do so, may we do so with a spirit of humility and a spirit of compunction and contrition. May we remember the words of David Tracy, who wrote, we can cultivate day by day moments of tact, silence, and attentiveness to the world outside ourselves as ways of decreasing our natural egoism. There then comes a slow shift of attachments, a painstaking education of desire. Or as his teacher, Bernard Lonergan, put it, be attentive, be intelligent, be reasonable, be responsible, be loving, and, if necessary, change the liturgy of the passion. The Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark, chapter 14, verse 1, through chapter 15, verse 47. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread 
the chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, Not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. While he was at Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, Why was the ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her, but Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me, but you will always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them wherever you wish, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and promised to give him money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he came with the twelve, and when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed, and to say to him one after another, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in the new when I drink it new in the kingdom of God.
When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though all become deserters, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated and said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough! The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when Judas came, he went up to Jesus at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled.
They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many gave false testimony against him, and their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. But even on this point their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard this blasphemy. What is your decision? All of them condemned him as deserving death. Some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy! The guards also took him over and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I do not know or understand what you are talking about. And he went out into the forecourt. Then the cock crowed, and the servant girl, on seeing him, began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. Then after a little while the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to curse, and he swore an oath. I do not know this man you are talking about. At that moment, the cock crowed for the second time. Then Peter remembered that Jesus had said to him, Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept.
As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes in the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You say so. Then the chief priests accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, Have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further reply, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival he used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then he answered them, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again. Then what do you wish me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him! Pilate asked them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them. After flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole cohort. They clothed him in a purple cloak, and after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him, and they began saluting him. Hail, Hail King, King of, the of the Jews! They struck him on the head with a reed, spat upon him, and knelt down in homage to him.
After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. They compelled a passerby who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. It was Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Gogatha, which means the place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide which should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also taunted him. When it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, Listen, he is calling for Elijah. And someone ran, filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come down to take him. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last.
the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now when the centurion, who stood facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was God's son. There were also women looking on from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the Younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. They used to follow him and provided for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. Then Joseph bought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where the body was laid. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my greatest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Meditate this week on loving and giving. As the matriarch of the home in which I lived in Spain for a year would say, as the door opened to meet every new day, Ten cuidado. Roberto, ten cuidado. Be careful. Brothers and sisters, be careful in our, your, my rendering of words, symbols, signs, language, and imagery related to violence. These last three weeks, we have studied together under the direction of Dr. Kathy Dar from the School of Theology, some of the passages and meanings of violence in the Bible. Among other things we have learned, before we look at what this passage might say or not say, 
about the divine, let us first inspect what it meant for those who originally wrote it. And those who composed the Passion, the Gospels are passion narratives with long introductions, said Breda, saw in this figure loving and giving. Some years ago, I stopped to visit a pastor friend, now gone, long gone to the church triumphant, he, Richard. Behind his desk, he had a portrait of Jesus. Along the way, Jesus teaching disciples, Jesus with the children, and the caption simply read, Where are the gentle people? And there are moments like this morning when I see I hear, but I see the answer to that interrogative. Here you are, salt, light, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We live in a violent age. If we are not careful, not only the acts of violence, which so disturb us, depress us and frighten us. And how could we feel otherwise and still be human? Threaten to swamp our consciousness and our faithfulness as well. What is it about April? Looking back 20 years in ministry, April can be a very cruel month. As again this week and this weekend, we have had cause to remember and recognize that the ministry of grace, of preventive healing, has yet to fully embrace all of us all the time. This week, you, many of you, we, many of us, will travel the way of the cross. We will gather for communion on Wednesday at 5 p.m. We will gather for our Maundy Thursday service at 6 p.m. on Thursday. We will gather for three hours in the tradition of Howard Thurman on Good Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. We will gather Saturday for the beautiful Easter vigil including baptism and confession of faith and Eucharist and song and word and sermon. And then come Sunday at 7 a.m. at sunrise, come Sunday at 11 a.m. for word and table, we will gather together. This week, may we meditate on loving and giving. This rhythm of loving and giving is the heart of the gospel and the core underneath many other images of Holy Week. Remember the gospel. God so loved the world that God gave God's only Son. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives me, lives in me. The Son of God, said Paul, who loved me and gave himself for me. In this is love, not that we loved God, wrote John, but that God loved us and sent God's Son to be the expiation 
for our sin. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God's love abides in us, and over time, God's love is made whole in us. Over time, my friends, here in New England and beyond, I want you to be able to provide a sturdy gentleness in contrast to other renderings of the passion, to the right fundamentalism, to the left sacramentalism. Here, where are the gentle people who can describe the core, meditate on the meaning of the passion? I want you to be able, over time, to say these verses. They're my own, I share them with you about the meaning of the passion. This is the depth of the gospel. It is not the passion of Christ that defines the person of Christ. It is not. It is the person of Christ who defines the passion of Christ. It is not suffering that bears meaning. It is meaning that bears up under suffering. It is not violence that leads to grace. It is grace, amazing grace, that leads through violence. It is not the cross that carries the love. It is love that carries the cross. It is not crucifixion that embraces salvation. It is salvation in full that embraces all, even presence in the darkest dark. Even there, in the depths of Sheol, thy right hand shall touch me. And there we shall see the face of Jesus Christ. That is, it is not the long sentence of Holy Week with all of its punctuation and phrases and dependent clauses that defines Easter. It is Easter, the final stop, whether with the exclamation point of Peter or the full stop period of Paul or the question mark of Mary, which defines all that has come before. Life has the last word. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Amen. May we stand for the singing of our hymn.
seated. As we are called to prayer through the singing of Lead Me, Lord, I invite you to pray in the way you are most moved to support the prayers of this community. Come to the altar rail, stand in your place, raise your hands, respond in your first language, however you feel the Spirit move in your heart. Our brothers and sisters in the Iona community help us to shape our prayers this morning. We give them our thanks for their gifts of liturgy. I will set the intention, if you would pray aloud or silently as you are moved, then I will say, God, in your grace, if you would respond, hear our prayer. Dearly beloved, let us pray together. You who are one, you who are three, one God in perfect community, with all the joys and the risks of that relationship. We who are your community in this place and time are glad to join with you in your image of individuals in community as we offer the concerns and the joys of our hearts to you. And so we lift up someone whom we have met or whom we have remembered today and for whom we would wish to pray. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We pray for ourselves and for all those who face challenges of mind, body, and spirit. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We lift up a troubled situation in our world today. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We lift up an endangered part of your creation. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. Silently, we lift up someone whom we find it hard to forgive or to trust. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. We lift up the celebrations of our human life, those things which strengthen our heart and help us to joy. God, in your grace, 
hear our prayer. We lift up this week which we call holy, that it may be a blessing to us, as it reveals the great depth and compassion of your love for us. That we may come to the power of your resurrection. God, in your grace, hear our prayer. And now bringing all these prayers, silent and spoken, into one. We are bold to pray as our Lord and Savior Christ has taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. of the Lord be always with you. We greet you warmly this Palm and Passion Sunday and welcome you here to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and across the internet and radio airwaves. We would note that it is indeed Holy Week and you can find out about the ongoing services in your bulletin or on the Marsh Chapel website du.edu chapel where there is also an opportunity for our listening audience for online giving. We would encourage you to make your presence among us known to us that we might help you get to know one another better by signing in on the red books, the ritual of friendship, on the center aisle of each pew. We would also invite you to join us following the service for a potluck lunch downstairs in the marsh room. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
of wondrous love, whether we are in the thick of wilderness or bearing a bitter cup, we offer our life and our resources to you, so as to remind ourselves to hold fast in faith. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 